Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Concerned about what lies in front of me about, you know, an hour from now when I am venturing out to the grocery store. I don't know what I'm thinking. We're not even hosting Thanksgiving, and i got to go to the grocery store. It's <laughs> Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Minnesota Vikings had a brutal weekend, but they are 8-2. and two. Ben Lieber, their former linebacker and the sideline reporter on the Vikings Radio Network, joins us right now. Ben, do you go to the grocery store for Thanksgiving? Do you handle that or somebody else? You know, it's funny. I was listening to that. And I'm like, you know, I heard uh, Mike talking about it. And I'm the one that goes to the grocery store about 90% of the time in our family. My, It is like uh, the bane of my wife's existence. She does not like the grocery store. I even went to Costco yesterday, and it was wow. a disaster. Like, I, I needed a <laughs> stiff drink after that. Ben, I mean, going to Costco Thanksgiving week, that's next level. That is... I mean, that's like playing college football versus the NFL. That's what that is. <laughs> I know. Well, here's the thing I couldn't figure out is I got there, you know, about a quarter to 10 when they open. And I just sat in my car and just, like, hung out on my phone. And then I watched all these people get out of their cars in Minnesota cold weather and stand outside of Costco for 10 minutes waiting for them to open the door. Like, you guys, it's not limited number of tickets, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to let you in. If you get there at 10.05, guess what? You've got a ticket to get in. <laughs> ben, oh, my gosh. Ben, let's get to some football. Uh, just your takeaway from what happened against the Cowboys the other day. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, that, that we have felt like this also had a lot to do with a, a bit of a Vikings letdown uh, after that incredible win in Buffalo last week. Yeah, I think in hindsight, definitely. I mean, I think there's a lot to that. But I also don't, I also don't want to say that and take away, um, you know, how talented Dallas is. I mean, I, I watched it firsthand, and I'll be the first to admit after, you know, watching a couple games back to, to get ready, I was like, you know, this is a very beatable team. And there's, you know, there's some aspects of the game that you have to respect. But I'm like, look, I mean, we're, we're playing pretty well, and we should be able to handle the Cowboys in our own stadium. Um so I don't want to just say, like, oh, there was, a, there was a big letdown from the Buffalo game, and that's the reason why. Like, they played a really good team. Um, yes, it did snowball. Um, we just didn't have any answers for their pass rush, and, and our defensive line was just getting pushed around, and our defense was on their heels the whole time. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to them, but uh, I definitely think that there was an emotional hangover from Buffalo. So, Ben, the Minnesota Vikings turn around on a short week, Thanksgiving Day, to play the New England Patriots. As a former Viking and a guy that pre- keeps a pulse on this team, is the quick turnaround a good thing or a bad thing after that Cowboys loss? Well, I think all the players and the coaches are saying all the right things. I mean, you don't have a choice but to play on Thursday night. So they're looking at it with the silver lining saying, well, it's a good thing, right? You know, we get to... Mm. You know, not dwell on this loss and all this other stuff, and we don't have to wallow in our own pigsty. We can just get back out there in a couple of days, get right into the game plan, and get ready for the Patriots. But I, I got to be honest; I think if they had a choice, they'd probably want to play on Sunday. You know, I, I know as a former player, when you get beat up like that, um, you know, and, and, and Canty, you can you know attest to this. Like sometimes, especially. You know, you're over the halfway point of the season. Like, you just physically need to recover. You know, emotionally, yeah, it might be nice to get back out there on Thursday. But physically, especially the way they got manhandled, I would take those extra hours and, you know, get your feet up and get your body right 
and then you feel like you're you're more prepared going to a Sunday game. But you know they're saying all the right things, and I guess you can't change anything. So we'll see what happens on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot of Tordal and a lot of all tram flowing through that Minnesota Vikings <laughs> locker room on Thursday before that game against oh, the Patriots. Man. You Trust know what's funny? Like, I, believe. I still have I still have phantom pains every once in a while in my in my buttocks where I was getting the Tordal shot. Like <laughs> yeah. every once, I'm like, what, like what? What is what is that? Like that's exactly where I'd get shot up all the time. Like that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> ben you know what was also weird, Ben? The fact that the Minnesota Vikings got away from the run game so early against the Dallas Cowboys when it was clear that that formula worked for the Packers against that Cowboys defense the Sunday before up in Lambeau. What, what, what is Kevin O'Connell saying about what happened with the game script and, and why they got away from the run so quickly against the Cowboys defense? Yeah, I just think that he, he saw it as like um, the, the way – you know, nothing was going right. I think that he his his mode of operation is just to fall back on the pass game. I think that's his comfort. Um, and he has he's said several times this year that oh man, you know we 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 do need to, you know, in hindsight after a game like you know we need to get Dalvin more involved, and that's on me, and I need to do that. And so I, I do think that you know sometimes when he's just you know you know a little bit of tunnel vision during the game it kind of slips his mind. Like he just thinks that because we have such a talented roster, like, Hey man, just, just one pass play, you know, can get us back into this game. You know, we have so many explosive players and then, you know, who knows what, what happens with, if TJ Hawkinson doesn't let that ball go right between his hands in the back corner of the end zone. That was a beautiful ball by Kirk should have been caught, should have been a touchdown. Um, you know, and, and who knows if that changes a little bit of the offensive philosophy for the Cowboys in the next series and all that butterfly effect takes place. But, um, yeah, I I wish that we would have stuck to the run game a little bit more, just just as you alluded to. Um, Aaron Jones um, and A.J. Dillon, they they did a great job of a one-two punch, perimeter runs with uh, with Jones, you know, going downhill uh, with Dillon. It, it all seemed to work, and it just kept the chains moving and, and, and tired out that big that big pass rush. So, yeah, I think in hindsight, we, we would all appreciate a little bit more Dalvin Cook. Ben Lieber, former Vikings linebacker, the sideline reporter on their radio network, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Ben, you know people always ask a question about Kirk Cousins so much, so often it comes up in relation to primetime. But is it just about big games? What is it with Kirk Cousins for those of us who are still trying to figure out what he is? Yeah, I mean, I hate that that's kind of the narrative. I mean, we... If you've watched, if you've watched Kirk, um, you know the last I would even say three years, he's had so many clutch plays and throws down the stretch. You know the last two years, um, the last two years with Mike Zimmer, he had a, a, a number of would-be game-winning drives that that nobody remembers or would remember because the defense would give up a, a touchdown or give up points and we'd lose the game. So he doesn't get the credit for going down and scoring in critical situations in a two-minute drill. Uh, and he's done that actually quite a few times this year. Um, so when it comes to, like, the primetime things, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe the, the law of averages are going to bounce back his way at some point in time because we have seen him be very clutch, and we've seen him make a lot of good throws. This particular game last Sunday, he, he didn't have any time to throw. I mean, there was pressure from the outside, they're running their inside twist game and, and get right to him from the A-gaps, and he had no time to throw. There'd be a few play-action plays where he just just finished the, the fake, and he's running for his life or getting sacked. So, you know, it's not always on him as far as his performance goes. 
Ben. Now, Ben, you know we can't let you get out of here without asking you about linebackers. So, Zadarius <laughs> Smith is having somewhat of a renaissance season for you guys. What has he meant to this team, and what is he going to have to do down the stretch in order for this defense to be a championship contender? Well, as you know this, I mean, a pass rusher is only good when when the offense is a little bit more predictable and one-dimensional. Um, so I think what's, what he's got to do is just keep doing what he's doing. You know, be be relentless. Uh, he's a disruptor on both run and the pass, but we're not going to be able to utilize his pass rush, rushing skills if, if we don't get some stops on defense and put some points on the board and get a little bit of separation, especially in the second half, where we can use Daniil off the edge and we can use Darius off the edge, and we have a good four-man rush. You know, our our four-man rush has been you know on the trend upwards the last five or six games. Um, getting hopefully getting Dalvin Tomlinson back is is going to be huge for everybody. Like I, I think before, I would say the first the first quarter, maybe the third of the season, I would argue that Tomlinson was as important, if not more important, than Zadarius has been this season. Now he doesn't have the sack numbers to back it up or anything like that, but he is an absolute disruptor from that new spot with his hand on the ground. So. Um, he should be back. I don't know. At all I think he was limited today or yesterday in practice. Let's see uh, what he was today. But you know, when you're over 300 pounds and you get a pesky calf muscle, you, you got to make sure that thing is 100 percent healthy. Ben Lieber, former Vikings linebacker, their sideline reporter. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for the insight. Yeah, no problem, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Uh, look, I, my faith level in the Vikings is not terribly high at the moment. Chris, and it's amazing that we say this at a team that's eight and two, and I know they lost forty to three. But when you can wipe out the entire um, margin of victory for the season in one game, which is what happened this past week, because they are eight and two and negative in point differential. Yeah, I mean, I mean that kind of tells you that you've had a lot of things go your way, and maybe that's catching up to you now. It's Canty and Carlin. Yeah, it feels like that. You're absolutely right. It, it really does. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Oh, you know what tonight is? Tonight is a massive, massive night for a former number one pick. That's next on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You miss Canty and Carlin. I'm very excited for tonight. Very excited for tonight. Mm. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. Why am I very excited for tonight? 
Well, you're going to find out right now in a little segment that we like to call a good bet, bad bet. Well, Chris Canty, for good bet, good bet, bad bet, we turn things over to our producer, Evan Wilner, to host this segment. Evan, have at it. All right, guys. Ben Simmons, minus 102 for the under of 10.5 points tonight. That's on FanDuel. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Oh, my son. Canty. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons going to Philadelphia for the first time uh-huh. in two and a half years. He's gonna. Last time we saw him, game seven. Oh, boy. Yeah, that Canty. was bad. Let's ride the under. I think the under wow. is a massively good bet, even though he lit it up the other day, had 22. I know yeah. what Ben Simmons is about, and I know what he's about in Philly. That's not going to be pretty tonight. Can't he? Oh, Carlin, I'm root. Uh, listen, I under. know this is going to sound strange. I, I want to root for Ben Simmons, Carlin. Oh. I want to root for No, seriously, I want to root for him just because I feel like He's fallen so far from grace. And he's trending in the right direction, right? He scored sure. 11 points in a loss against the Sacramento Kings where they allowed the Kings to score 153 points. That's neither here nor there. But he did score 15 in a win against the Portland Trail Blazers at the buzzer. And he did score 22 in a win against the Grizzlies without their top three players. It looks like it's trending in the right direction for Ben. I would hate for it to be a setback. And so I... I don't know if I can call the under a good bet. I, I just, I feel wrong doing it. Oh, Canty, I feel a whole lot of right doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sap, ain't I? I'm a, I'm a sucker. In it. You know what? About my, you know, they say that about me during the holidays, Carl, and I get a yeah. little soft. You get sentimental? I, I think that's what's happening right now. I'm getting a little sentimental, a little soft. I want, I want it to be a happy ending for Ben Simmons, but unfortunately I don't think it will be one going back to Philly. Next. The Bills are still minus 220 to win the AFC East. Good bet or bad bet, Carlin? Minus 220? I mean, at the odds, I can't call it a great bet. I can't. I won't. Um, I, I, I think they're going to win the division. I still believe that. Despite what Canty had the Dolphins at as a number two team in the league today. Dear God. But anyway, I, I can't say it's a good bet at minus 220, and it's strictly because of the odds. Yeah, it's not a good bet. It's a bad bet. I mean, the Miami Dolphins have an easier strength of schedule, and they only play four winning team, four teams with winning records down the stretch, whereas the Buffalo Bills play five. And, oh, by the way, the Miami Dolphins have a win banked against the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, I don't think it's a good bet to roll with the Bills winning the AFC East at minus 220. So I think it's bad bet all the way. Next. Aaron Judge is plus 200 to sign with the Giants. He's reportedly in San Francisco meeting with the Giants mm. today. So, Aaron Judge plus 200 to sign in San Francisco. Good bet or bad bet, Canty? Good bet. And it hurts me to say this because I'm a Yankees fan, but when you have Farhan Zahidi, the president of baseball operations for the Giants, come out and say, yeah, no team can do what we do financially in free agency this year. That's a pretty good sign that they're going to sign the reigning AL MVP. So, yeah, yeah I, I think there's bad blood between the Yankees and Aaron Judge because of how they handle contract negotiations going into the season and them lowballing Judge. So I would say this is a good bet that Aaron Judge does sign with the San Francisco Giants. I think it's a good bet, too. And Canty, you know, reportedly the Yankees feel pretty confident about their ability to bring him back. But I also know they have a number that they're not going to go past here. 
I don't know that the Giants have a number right now. They, Carlin, the president said no other team in baseball is going to have the financial ability to do what we do in free agency. Yeah. That's basically I, like, look, I got more money than you, and I'm willing to show it. Yeah, they, they, so don't even go, bother. Don't even bother. It's like somebody reaching across the poker table trying to do you a favor. Look, I got it, okay? Don't yeah, bother. Exactly, that's yes. exactly what it is. Hold on to your chips. Don't even waste your time. I think it's a great bet. Next. The Giants get plus nine at the Cowboys on Thursday. The Giants are getting nine points. Are the Giants a good bet or a bad bet on Thursday, Carlin? Oh, plus nine? Off of what happened the other day, Canty, I think the Giants are a great bet this week. Great bet. That's what uh, I was thinking to say. Great oh, bet, Carlin. I I'm with you a thousand percent. Great oh, bet. That feels I'm good. all over that plus nine. Yeah. All over it. And, <laughs> I, over and this it. is not this is not one of those situations where they're begging us to take the nine. Like we had last week, the Cowboys being a favorite in Minnesota, and everybody was like, what's going on here? It's not a sucker's line here, Canty. It's not a sucker's line because people don't believe it. run, don't walk. If you get this thing at plus nine, be thankful and enjoy your extra cash on Black Friday when you go on your holiday shopping spree. You go get yourself that 85-inch television. Exactly. You You go get it. Thank you. Courtesy of the New York Giants. Next. The Packers plus seven at the Eagles on Sunday. Are the Packers getting seven? A good bet or a bad bet, Chris Carlin? They're a bad bet. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole if you want to bet on the Packers. No chance. No chance. I I, I see the, 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 the Eagles winning that game by 10 at least this week. Yeah. I really do. Carlin, this is what we call a slump buster. For in the NFL, this is yeah. a get-right game. Some would even call it a stat game. I'm sure those guys on that Eagles defensive line are looking at it like, yeah, we're going to stop this run early because mm-hmm. we got a chance to rack up some sack numbers against Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense. This is going to be an ugly day for Aaron Rodgers. Probably going to be a painful one for him, too. So I would say bad bet all the way, Green Bay plus seven at Philly. Next, last one. Yeah, this story's kind of gone over under the radar this week. The – uh, Texans have considered not starting Davis Mills this weekend, and they, according to Tankathon, will have the number one pick as of right now. So, according to Caesar, C.J. Stroud is plus 180 to be the number one overall pick. Is that a good bet or a bad bet, C.J. Stroud going number one overall, Canty? I'm going to say it's a good bet. I-, I think he's the guy that everybody looks at, the physical ability, the the upside, and they're willing to to bet on him. I know there's some concerns about Bryce Young and his stature. He's not a very big guy. I think C.J. Stroud has everything you're looking for in terms of the physical tools to be a franchise quarterback, and he's doing a lot of high-level winning at Ohio State. So, yeah, I, I think this ends up being a good bet. C.J. Stroud is the number one overall pick. I think Bryce Young's only like six foot, six one, something like yeah, that. He's, I don't he, think he's, he's much bigger small. than that. Uh, I think it's a good bet. I would just be careful, though. You know why it's a better bet today than maybe it was two weeks ago? Justin Fields. That's why. Ohio yeah. State's getting some of their reputation back as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. Um, and frankly, he looks a lot like Justin Fields. I I don't think he's quite the same player that Fields is, though. He's not the runner that Fields is. No. But I think he's a better passer than Fields is. Oh, I'm not sure about that yet. No, I'm not I think sure about better, that yet. I think he's a better passer. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, well... As far as second-year quarterback Zach Wilson, he's having his problems, right? He's taking a bit of a step back 
could you say? <laughs> Very comfortably, you could say that. He needs to grow up. But guess what? He's not the only one who's taking a step back. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, it's odd But the New England Patriots are a story that's kind of flown under the radar a bit this season. Let's welcome in. uh, I mean, it's fair, right, Canty? I mean, we haven't talked about them a ton, yet here they are at 6-4, and very much in the mix. Well, Carlin, after they had lost to the Green Bay Packers in early October, we were asking ourselves whether or not it was time for Bill Belichick to tab a successor and move into the front office. Now they're very much in the thick of things in the playoff picture in the AFC. So a damn impressive turnaround after an ominous start to the season. Well, let's welcome in Mike Reese of uh, ESPN NFL Nation who covers the Pats. And they, of course, have the Vikings on Thursday night on Thanksgiving Day. Mike, we appreciate the time. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get right into it. When you Let's just start with the quarterback position for the Patriots. Um, there seems to be some frustration among fans, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Matt Patricia, uh, where does Patriot Nation and perhaps more importantly Bill Belichick stand right now when it comes to Mac Jones? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, I would say Bill Belichick's all in on Mac Jones. And to me, the more interesting part will be however this season unfolds, what he decides to do offensively, you know, coaching-wise. After this year, because I've I've said this leading into the year, Bill Belichick's philosophy on coaching is that if you're a good coach, it doesn't matter what position you coach. And that's why he went with Matt Patricia, you know, leading the offense and Joe Judge, you know, as a top offensive coach, even though those guys are, you know, had their primary background on defense and special teams. So he measured that out, went that route. And now he's going to look at it after this year, and he's got to make a determination, well, did I miscalculate there, or do I want to keep going down the same road? Because, guys, it's not the same Mac Jones that we've seen to this point that we saw last year. Mike, I know it's commonplace for the Patriots to beat up on the Jets. Uh, Sunday's win made it 14 straight against Gang Green, but it felt much bigger than just a normal division win against the New York Jets. It felt like that was 
one of those pivot points in a season for a team, maybe even when we're looking back on a season-defining moment. Can you talk about the player reaction in that locker room coming off of that win for the Jets and what that might mean for this team moving down the stretch as they make a push toward the postseason? Absolutely, Chris. I mean, that was the most euphoric locker room that I've seen this year from them. And I think part of the reason was obviously the way the game ended. You don't expect, right, an 84-yard punt return with five seconds left to win it when it's been a struggle all day. But I think the other part of it was 8%. And when I think of 8%, that's what ESPN analytics gave the Patriots a chance of making the playoffs if they had lost that game. So your point about a season-defining win or a pivot point, like if they didn't have that, the whole tenor of what we're talking about right now might be completely different. And so they sort of live, I guess you'd say, three more days because it's, it's, it's almost equally as important coming in Thursday night, but at least they've bought themselves more time than keep themselves in the hunt in a very crowded AFC. Mike Reese, of course, of ESPN NFL Nation covering the Patriots with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Mike, how good is this Patriots defense? So, you know, to Chris's point, like, they, they, you know, they beat Zach Wilson twice and Sam Ellinger, you know, the last three games, and they look pretty good doing it in all three games. It's almost easy to forget the last time that a national television audience watched them. It was Monday night against Justin Fields and the Bears. Mm. And they gave up 33 points. So I sort of give you that context, guys, because I don't know how to answer the question until we really see it maybe Thursday night against Kirk Cousins and that pretty good offense. But even then, I'm, I'm almost thinking to myself, well, after what the Cowboys just did to them, can I, can I even say it that decisively? Maybe the week after when Josh Allen and the Bills come to town. So without sitting on the fence, can I say – can I get back to you in a couple of weeks? Because I think we'll have a much better idea as the competition level rises. Well, I think it's completely fair based on what you just said. You know, and we've seen him a couple other times. Uh, not many people could stop Lamar Jackson. Uh, they lost to the Packers, and it's, I think it's more than a fair thing to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Mike, Mike, last one from me. I know that a lot of teams will point to their quarterback as being the MVP of the team, the most valuable player, the most important player. But it doesn't feel like that with the Patriots. So just exactly who is the MVP of the 2022 Pats? I love it. And I'm going to put this right in your wheelhouse, knowing what side of the ball you come from. Matthew Judon. Let's go! Let's go! You like like what I'm selling here? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm feeding it right up to you. 13 sacks. Leads the NFL, unless I, I missed something there, um, you know, since I played. Um, and I think it's, it's not just the sacks. He's actually, you know, been better after some initial ups and downs against the run, setting the edge, which is a huge part of what the Patriots do, you know, defensively. But I think even more than that, Chris, like, I see how the defensive players feed off his energy. And I asked Gerard Mayo, the linebacker's coach and, and the former linebacker for the team, about Judon, and he talked about what a pro he is and how he brings the young guys along and like a real tone setter. And when I think about this Patriots team, it's about defense and special teams, and he's their best defensive player. Mike, great stuff. Have an awesome Thanksgiving. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate you having me. Mike Reese, ESPN, NFL Nation, Patriots reporter. Canty, it's a much different team than we saw, though, 
in week back in week three when you and I called that Baltimore game up in Foxborough. Yeah, that defense is a different unit too, Carlin. I mean, Lamar Jackson absolutely shredded them, and it seems like they've they've gotten their act together. Now, I will say this: the set the schedule was soft in the middle. There, they've won five of the last six. You can't help what your schedule is. But we're going to start to find out a lot more about this Patriots team and about this defense starting on Thursday night against the Vikings. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Speaking of the Patriots, something pretty special happened the last time they played on Thanksgiving. We're going to tell you that or what that was in just a moment. And Canty, what else are we going to do? We're going to help people make money. In case you missed it, four-leg parley last night. I didn't get a thank you. I haven't heard that yet. Uh, you're welcome. And if you want to win more... I'd advise that you stay tuned. Canty and Carlin, play of the night in moments, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You can't miss Canty and Carlin. Pound for pound. The biggest show on ESPN Radio. Big night in Philly. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto and more all your protection in one place bundle and save at progressive.com i think it's time to make a little money time to earn some cash the taste of money the smell of wealth it's carlin's best play of the night the taste of money we really need to adapt this because kenty has really He's going to be very, very humble about it, but let's call it what it is. He's won you a lot of money lately. The man's been on top of it. But in well, this, it's a t- it's a team effort, Carlin. It's it, a team effort. It is. It's a team effort. So we've got back to back primetime parlays that we hit. Friday was a three legger. Yesterday was a four legger. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to try to keep it rolling. But we don't want to push our luck. That's so much. We don't want to push our luck. We want well, to make I'm sure gonna leave it up that to you we, because we, we prescribe some things. That can make our listeners some money. I'm not going to lie. This is not just uh, pure logic that's involved for me tonight. There is a little emotion to it, too. Okay? Maybe some some hate? There could be vitriol mixed in. Would you characterize it as a little bit of hate? A little healthy sports hate? There's nothing wrong with some sports hate. Perhaps a dash. Yes. Ben Simmons tonight. These are all the ingredients that you need to cook up your parlay tonight, huh? Yeah. Ben Simmons (laughs) tonight. Oof. Ten and a half points under. So you're going to fade him, knowing that he can't shoot a fadeaway jump shot? Got to. Got it. Got to. Okay. He scored He's 22 points the last game. I, I'm aware what he did his last game. His last game went in Philly, and this is his first game That's in fair point. That's quite fair some point. time. Do you want to mix what? in anything else? I will say else? this, Carlin. We do have some pretty good video from Christian Winfield, who covers the Nets for the New York Daily News, being in the arena with Ben Simmons following around. He's signing autographs, and fans are showing him a lot of love. Sixers fans mm-hmm. coming out and saying, you were my favorite Sixer." So maybe the crowd might not be as hostile as we all think it will be. You really are a sucker. 
<laughs> Do you want to mix in the over-under or not for the game? Yeah, we got to mix in the over-under because we're not just going to put the Ben Simmons under 10.5. 217.5, no Embiid, no Harden tonight. Yeah, 217.5, we're going to go under two. So we're fading the team totals, and we're fading Ben Simmons on total points. Yeah, there you go. That is your play of the night for Canty and Carl. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Here is Ben Simmons uh, earlier today at shoot around on returning tonight to the Wells Fargo Center. Good to be back. It does feel good to be back. Ready to go. Locked in, so. Is it anticlimactic then for you not to be playing against Joel or, or Tyrese or James or any of those guys? I mean, the fans will make up for it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Now we're all happy-go-lucky after a year and a, a year ago. They did, wanted no, nothing to do with the city. I'll try to butter him up now, pal. <laughs> yeah, he's saying it's good to be back. I don't know how good it would be if the Sixers were at full strength because I'm pretty sure the Nets are looking at this as a game that they absolutely should win with the Sixers having so many injuries that they're dealing with, knowing that it's also a divisional game. So this is one they got to knock out, Carl, and they got to get this done, and Ben Simmons is going to have to be a big part of it. Canty, last night, Pelicans destroyed the Warriors. Holy cow, beat yeah. them by 45. Now, the Warriors were without we Clay Thompson. The, well, yeah, we can't call Steph that the Wiggins Warriors, and Draymond. Right? <laughs> yeah. we, like, we there were guys the out there wearing u- Warriors uniforms yeah. that they beat by 45. But yet again, you know, I mean, Zion is out there looking like a man among boys. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram, too, Carlin. I mean, we got to give Brandon Ingram big love for the performance that he had last night. I mean, you're talking about a guy that dropped 34 points, was plus 33 in 31 minutes. That is damn impressive. This Pelicans team is going to be a tough out. And, oh, by the way, Carlin, they just might be in the Victor Webinyama sweepstakes, courtesy of the Los Angeles Lakers pick swap as a result of the Anthony Davis trade. I'll tell you what this is. This is going to be a tough year for you. This is going to be a yeah, very it's going to be, be rough for me. But also, Carlin, we got to ask ourselves, what's going on with Jordan Poole, too? Like, he scored 26 points, but that was the quietest 26 points I ever heard. I'm watching this Warriors team because even though they had all of those guys out of the lineup, that still doesn't account for this team being as uneven as they've been. There's something going on there. And, and I go back to the Draymond Green punch. Golden State Warriors ain't right. They're not right. You don't think you think something's up there? I think there's some there's something going on there. Hmm. Bears watching. They certainly haven't been great so far this year. No, there's no getting around that. Finally, Canty. You know what today is? What's that? The tenth anniversary of the butt fumble. Uh. <laughs> the last time the New England Patriots played on Thanksgiving, it was against the New York Jets, and this comes. Not 48 hours after a disastrous loss for the Jets in Foxborough. It feels like before the butt fumble was the last time the Jets beat the Patriots. But, Carly, you know what it is? The butt fumble is one of those things that happens that Giants fans and former Giants players like myself look at and say, that's the reason why the New York Jets will never be at the same level as the New York Giants. It just won't be. Were you a giant at the time? That yes, you were. I was a were. giant at the time. Yeah. So just tell time. me, was there a discussion the next day when you showed up? In yeah, the I was like, thank room? God, thank God that that's not my quarterback. 
running into the backside of Chris Snead. That was my thought in my head. Oh, my God. That is that is a rough one. That is a rough one for Sanchez and Brandon Moore, for that matter. Oof. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.